I don't need to be justifying why I put Jude Bellingham ahead of everyone in the under-21 list. Endrick, right? Paul Marish, now at Real Madrid. And probably one of the big reasons why Carlo Ancelotti actually stuck around. What's up, guys? This is Breton at FC Wonderkid, and uh, yeah, you're expecting a different face, I'm sure. You were expecting to see Alex's big smile, uh, but he is off on vacation, so we're going to try something a little bit different today. But what is our topic today? What are we going to be talking about? We're going to list top 30 U21 players in the world right now, and uh, we're going to see what big differences are there are, what similarities there are. I have a feeling he might have more Portuguese players on it. I might have less. We don't know, but we are going to get started. It is episode 143, FC Wonder Kid. Let's start with Alex. Alex, number 30, your way, buddy. Thank you, Breton, and it was your idea to do this top 30 best under-21 talents that it was very hard for me. And shout-outs, I'm not going to put them in the top 30, to the future Portugal. Rodrigo Mora and Giovanni Kende, still 16. And one day, I hope to put them in this list. My number 30 is Bilal Elkanus, the future of Morocco in full display when he plays. And he played in the World Cup. Pay attention to this kid. Offensive midfielder that one of the best African players, wonder kids out there to watch. So yes, Bilal Elkanus. My number 30 is Bilal Elkanus from Genk, 19 years old, the best young playmaker in the Belgian Pro League, possibly even the best playmaker in the Belgian Pro League. There are some miniature similarities to Kevin De Bruyne. Um, and I got to tell you, I think the biggest thing I got to say here is I am disappointed that Morocco did not use him more in the AFCON. There is a reason why you guys disappointed because you didn't use Bilal El Canoos. But with Genk likely, likely a selling club this summer, I would expect Bilal El Canoos, again, one of the best playmakers for Genk in the Pro League, to be moving on and to be moving on for a pretty penny. The biggest thing we have to figure out is where next. And I'm going to tell you right now, Bilal El Canoos to La Liga this summer. That's my guess. Number 30, Bilal El Canoos. My 29th pick is Matias Sole. 10 Serie A goals this season. The future of Argentina. And he's on loan to Frosione. Come back to Juve next season with Kenan Gildiz. Another player I slept in this list. Miretti. Another player I slept on this list. But a lot of talent. Number 29 is Jan Kuto. This might actually surprise some people, um, but Jan Kuto is a city football group player that is a fullback that plays at Hirona right now. He is one of the heroes, essentially, of this big Hirona season, and we are recording this before Hirona takes on Real Madrid, so we don't know if Hirona is at top of the table or bottom of the, or in second place as they were previously, but Yanni Kuto is somebody that could play his way actually on to Manchester City team. He's a marauding right back. Um, I, I, it, it's a loose term to call him a right back. He's more of a right midfielder at times, right wing back. But he has been an absolute revelation this season, just like the majority of the Hirona side. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. On top of that, he's in the top three in La Liga in assists. 
Um, if you want to nitpick on him, you got to say he's got to have a little bit of defensive capabilities if he wants to be in the Premier League. But right now, he fits perfectly at Hirona, and that will not stop any time this season. Hirona boasts not just Jan Kuto, they also boast Miguel Gutierrez, uh, two of the best fullbacks in La Liga at this moment, and two of the biggest reasons why Hirona are chasing Real Madrid at the top, and almost a virtual certainty that they will be Champions League uh, participants next season. So Jan Kuto, uh, City Football Group, uh, so he could move the city, uh, and he is the first of two on this list. Jan Kuto at number 29 for me. My 28th pick is Pape Matarsar, and he's an extraordinary player, born in Senegal, defensive mid that now, Bisuma, Pape Matarsar, Madison. This midfield of Tottenham looks different, but specifying on Pape Matarsar, remember the name because he can do so many things in this midfield of Tottenham. Defending, a lot of a lot of through passes that you gotta watch, and yes, he's my 28th pick. I could have mentioned Ugo Larsson, but it wasn't an easy choice. Another snub. Number 28, Johan Bakayoko, PSV Eindhoven. If you want to know why PSV Eindhoven has uh, taken the Eredivisie by storm this particular season, it is because Noni Madueke went to Chelsea making room for Johan Bakayoko, and Johan Bakayoko has turned into an absolute stud. Uh, playmaker, top dribbler, uh, one of the best out there, and Luke de Jong's best friend week in, week out. Um, and just like El Canus before in this list, and just like Noni Matueke at PSV before him, he will be a primary target for many clubs this summer. There is no way he is not moving on uh, from PSV Eindhoven. And recent reports have Liverpool in pole position, but we'll see. We'll see. Johan Bakioka is number 28. Um, and he is one to watch. My 27th pick, it was a harsh one for me to put a 27th because it doesn't sound well with his name. It's Scalvini. I had opportunity to watch him against Sporting. Very good through passes, very good anticipation, very good on 1-1 duels as a center back. He's one of the few center backs I have in this list, but please, Scalvini, the future of Atalanta. I don't know if they'll stay with him a lot, but the future of Atalanta and the Arzuki. Number 27, and I have to say this is one of my favorites on this list. I kind of wanted to put him higher, but I didn't. It's Pop Matar Sar. It is the the bell, essentially, of Big Ange's project at Tottenham. Um, Pop Matar Sar, unfortunately, had a pretty disappointing AFCON with Senegal, but he bounced back right away over the weekend, scoring the uh, equalizer, I believe, uh, against Brighton. And uh, I am one of the bigger believers here that Matar Sar uh, can grow into something world-class for Spurs, for Senegal, um, and his come up at Spurs is a perfect understanding of Big Ange's project at Spurs. One that recently won Lucas Bergvall away from Barcelona. Pop Martarsar was the beginning, and he will not be the end of the young players that Big Ange brings in. Sar, Bergvall, Udogi, Van de Ven, uh, some academy stars that are going to be coming through. Spurs' future is bright, and one of the biggest reasons is because of Pop Martarsar. My 26th pick is a 16-year-old. 
Did you figure it out? Comment down below if you knew before I said it. It's Lamine Yamal, the youngest player to score for Spain, the youngest player to score for Barca, the youngest in so many categories, and one of the best under-18 dribblers in the world. Another player that's saying 26th, it doesn't sound well, but in when it's 2030, Lamine Yamal will be 23 years old. That is simply mad. My number 26 has got to be Arda Guler. Real Madrid. And some of you might be scoffing or getting angry at me for putting Articulaire at number 26. Well, here's why. We're going off of his Fener Fenerbahce uh, amazingness. Uh, the, the amount of goals he scored. Well, he hasn't done that yet with Real Madrid. He hasn't uh, shine or shown or whatever you want to say with Real Madrid except in training. Carlo Ancelotti believes in him. It will come. I know it will come. Uh, it has come for Turkey. He's got four caps. He's got one goal already for Turkey. Uh, but we need him healthy. We need him to stay healthy. And I do hope that they continue to ease him in. If we're talking about uh, Arda Guler at number 26, though, I got to say, if we rank this solely on potential, he's got to be top five in this list. The only issue I've got with him is that he's diminutive. He's small, right? And... In La Liga, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he actually progresses and how he develops. But Arda Guler, number 26 for me. My 25th pick is Usmane Diomande, center back of Sporting. Please remember the name. Physically very strong and was key for Sporting to beat Arsenal. Number 25, and I think Alex will appreciate this one unless he's got it higher, uh, got him higher. But Usmane Diamande, sporting center back, the man that went from FC Midtjylland to Mafra, and then a, a host of teams wanted him, sporting won him away, um, and he's only been, it's only been Diamande time at sporting for a little over a year. Um, he is the quintessential modern center back. Uh, there is no doubt that sporting have the best ball-playing center backs in the Primera Liga between him and between Gonzalo Anasio. Uh, it has been a big disappointment again that we have not seen more of Usmane Diamande at AFCON with Cote d'Ivoire, but I'd say the caretaker boss has done okay getting the Ivory Coast to the final, and maybe he'll see some uh, some time in that final. But between Diamande and Anasio, Sporting have two of the largest transfer targets uh, and realistic transfer targets coming out of Liga Portugal this coming summer. Um, but Diamande is an absolute force and he's just getting started. Uh, so why at 25? I think once you see who's under this, who is lower on this list or higher on this list, you'll understand why. But Diamande is an absolute animal um, and one that I think will get better and better for sporting uh, as he progresses. 24th, the new signing of Atletico de Madrid. Simeone, please use him well. Not like Jean-Felix, but I believe it's going to be the case. Artur Vermaren, the future midfielder of Belgium. And he was key towards Hoyland Werp winning their first title in like more than 50 years. So this is a bold reference. Number 24 for me is Arthur Vermeeren. The sneaky signing by Atletico Madrid. The Royal Antwerp captain at 18 years old, I believe it was. The man who, uh, I can't even really call him a man, but he was able to get Champions League football with Royal Antwerp after he helped them to their first league win in over 50 
years. And then he makes a very shrewd, smart, calculated move to Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone. And I'm going to say it right now. Simeone sees it, but they're going to ease him in. But I say they're going to ease him in. They played him day one. He signs. They played him the next day. Uh, and he is going to be somebody that, along with Pablo Barrios, 20-year-old midfielder, unfortunately not on this list, but I'm very high on him, is going to create one of the best midfields in La Liga, which is saying something, for the next 10 years. Arthur Vermeeren is the future of Belgium, so we'll see him at Euros. And he is the future, apparently, of Atletico Madrid. Uh, Arthur Vermeeren is my number 24, and he only just turned 19. My 23rd pick is the future of Ireland, the biggest talent of Ireland, Evan Ferguson, that he knows how to score goals in the Premier League, and he's an under-20 player. You must rate a player like this, that his future is granted with greatness. Trust the process. Number 23, Matisse Tell, Bayern Munich. 18 years old, may have just turned 19. Here's the only reason he's not higher than 23. He hasn't played. He's not going to play. And we can sit here and we can talk about how he soaked up knowledge from Robert Lewandowski. He's, so, he's soaking up knowledge from Harry Kane. But neither of those guys are going anywhere anytime soon. I am one of the only ones, I think, out there that has been screaming for Matisse Tell to get a loan elsewhere. And yet... Yet, even in a super sub role, you can see it. It's clear as day. This kid can play. This kid is a relentless finisher. He is a, a poacher, but he's also a target striker. Um, and he is somebody that has not gotten his opportunity yet to really pull the trigger. Uh, I don't know who is, on, who is on record. It might have been Julian Nagelsmann. But I believe Nagelsmann was the one that said, once he gets his chance, he could go for 40 goals in the Bundesliga. I'm in agreement. I'm in complete agreement. Matisse Tell, if you don't know, is a product again of, and we're going to see another member of this later on, the Stade Rene Academy uh, Talent Factory. Uh, and it was one of the biggest, shrewdest, greatest moves uh, for Bayern to get him this early on. But now I, I implore at some point, figure out a way to get him some game time. It's a little tough. I know right now it's push him on left wing, but Matisse Tell needs to play. Otherwise, he's stuck at 23. 22nd, one of the best young left backs in the world is Destiny Udogi. Just arrived at Tottenham for a season, and you must remember the name. Another player like Papi Matarsar, benefiting of Ange Postagoglu. The future of De Azuri, with Scalvini too, that was on this list. If you're liking this video, don't forget to comment down below who needs to be in the top 30 list. Come on! Number 22 for me, and this this is crazy. I mean, this just shows you the quality of <laughs> the top 30 U21 players, the depth of the top 30 U21 players. But number 22 right now, uh, just like Jan Kuto before him, he is one of the heroes. He's probably the biggest hero right now of Corona, and they're ridiculous historic run uh, to near the top of La Liga's table. Um, I mean, it's he's the star of one of the best stories in football. He's got five goals, seven assists in La Liga. He's the most unpredictable part of that offense, the best offense in La Liga, which is saying something considering how much money Real Madrid paid on their attack. Uh, but they've got 52 goals scored to Real's 48. Um, and Savio, people, he's 19 years old. 19 years old. 
The only knock I have on him is just he needs more time. We've got a small sample size of Savio. That's why he's 22, because last year he couldn't even get any playing time on loan at PSV Eindhoven. But this year, Arona has taken that step forward because of him leveling up, because of others leveling up. But Savio, it, it, there's this worry that he might be a one-season wonder. Well, guess what? Manchester City doesn't think so. Another City football group player, except he's contracted to Troy. And this one will be moving and likely will be bought by Manchester City. Multi-club effect in effect. Um, so we could be seeing a Manchester City, <laughs> Manchester City's wings being Jeremy Doku oof, and Savio. My oh my, would that be insane. If, if this was three seasons in a row, I'd have Savio much higher. But because it's one season, Savio's at 22. Uh, but something tells me we'll be seeing him much higher in the next iteration of this. My 21st pick is Lenny Yoro. Lenny Yoro this season has been key towards Lille having the second best defense in Liga. He's a leader. He anticipates a lot of the movements. And he's expected to do so much at 18 years old. Real Madrid is already associated, associated to him. So you might as well know this name. Lenny Yoro. 21 and we've got another center back for you. Uh, I really do feel like he probably should be higher. It's just hard. I mean, defenders are hard to rank uh, when you've got such high-powered U21 players, uh, especially on the attack. So my my number 21 is Giorgio Scalvini for At Atalanta. Um, he's one of only a handful of defenders on this list, but at his age, at his quality level, the, the amount of trust um, that Atalanta has in him, um, it makes sense that literally every top club in Syria is trying to fight for his signature, but I think it's going to take a little more money than what they can part with. I think there's a good chance you could see somebody like a Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, somebody coming in for a Giorgio Scalvini if the price is right. Um, and that's if he even wants to go to the Premier League. I've also heard that Newcastle um, has been recently scouting him, uh, but just like Usmani Diamande before him, uh, you've got a modern center back, uh, ball playing center back, good with both feet, um, and Scalvini is the purest definition of it, um, and one that I think we'll see in the Premier League at some point soon. Uh, so number 21, well it pains me, it feels weird saying it, number 21 for me is Giorgio Scalvini. 20th, Man United fans, you're not going to be happy, but it's Alejandro Garnacho in my view, okay? Alejandro Garnacho has been... In various moments, fantastic for Man United. He's electric. He's very good on one-on-ones. But ahead in this list, I'm going to have players that were consistent at the highest level. And he's got the talent, but I want to see the consistency for months, Alejandro Garnacho. So keep going bold, and he's my 20th pick. Number 20 for me is Alejandro Garnacho. If Alex was in this room... Right, if if we were doing this podcast mano y mano, uh, I'm pretty certain he would be scoffing at me. He'd be yelling at me. He'd be screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, but listen, Garnacho for me is phenomenal. I do think he is going to be a piece of Ten Hag's puzzle uh, for Manchester United, along with Kabi Mainu, who is not in my top thirty. Uh, but there's no doubt that he's electrifying. But when you list the other nineteen, right, you'll understand. Garnacho, let's let's talk about this, right? Jaden Sancho was bought for 80 million 
euros, if I'm not mistaken. And Alejandro Garnacho was bought for less than a million. I think less than half a million. And he's already matched the output of Jaden Sancho in a Manchester United shirt. Now, I want to see Sancho do well at Dortmund. But this is just a very simple trust the youth, trust your academy moment that Manchester United is learning. And it seems like they're learning and relearning it um, because you might remember that the crux of Manchester United's past dominance in the Premier League was not necessarily bought, sold, and paid for it, although Fergie did buy a lot. Um, it was also buoyed uh, and anchored or bastioned by a lot of Manchester United Academy players. Now, Garnacho was not Academy day one, but he did get molded in the Academy, and he is somebody to watch out for. Um, Garnacho, Kabi Mainu, uh, Rasmus Vinterholand, these are players that Eric Ten Hag should build around, and I think he's starting to realize that, and that could be why United's had a pretty decent run of form as of late. Um, I know I'm going to get killed from Alex, uh, with the whole Garnacho thing, and I know I probably need to mention that he's his idol is Ronaldo. Um, but listen, Garnacho is one of those guys that he could stay here at 20, or he could be top five in this list next season. Well, only time will tell. This is going to be controversial. My 90th pick is ahead of Garnacho, Johan Bakayoko. Already, for me, a key player for Belgium. It's one side Bakayoko, the other Jeremy Doku for Belgium. The future in full display. And Jan Bakayoko has been key towards PSV having an unbeaten run at, 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 until a certain stage in Eredivisie. So Jan Bakayoko is a name you must remember. Soon destined for big teams. Number 19 for me is Matthias Soule. On loan from Juve to Frozenone, and I am going to say it right now. Juve has a monster in Matthias Sule. He has a, they have a monster. The fact that he is doing what he is doing, and I'll tell you what that is in a second, but the fact that Matthias Sule is doing what he is doing in Syria for a team of Frozenone's quality, right, is insanely impressive considering that in the same categories that he's leading whether it's chances created or big chances created or dribbles completed you've got Rafa Leal you've got Kavicha Kavartskilia right Matias Sule is going to be a legitimate monster and Juve's got quite a few of them Matias Sule is 19 Kenan Yildiz who is not in this 30 Fabio Moretti uh you've now got Carlos Alcaraz coming in on loan from Southampton um Juve is going to be really tough to watch assuming that Allegri uses them well moving forward but listen Fourth in Serie A with 10 goals. He's leading the league in dribbles completed. He's second in the league in key passes. Matias Sule is a real deal uh, attacking midfielder and one that I believe is going to go uh, to the absolute heights. I wanted to put him higher in this. 19 uh, was about as high as I can go because the quality here gets really, really crazy um, from here on out. So 19, Matias Sule, and one that I think, uh, again, from a from a potential perspective, is much, much higher on this list than the 19th that he's currently at. 18th, the player that has just confirmed to Man City. Do you know who it is? Comment down below. Another player that if you know, you know. Savio. Savio has just signed for Man City for next season, and he's been key towards Girona having a surprising dark horse season in La Liga. So Savio deserves a ton of recognition. 
And don't be surprised if Savio goes to the Brazilian national team when wingers like Rodrigo, Vini, a lot of talent. This has been such a hard choice in this list. And I'm dying to see Breton's list. Oh, he didn't tell me before. Number 18. I have a feeling this one is going to be a little bit controversial. But number 18 for me is Vitor Roca. Vitor Roca, Barcelona's savior. Barcelona needs a reimagining, or has needed, I guess, a reimagining on the attacking front. We've got Xavi stepping down. We've got Robert Lewandowski losing maybe a one or two steps or five steps. Um, Vitor Roca had, had been doing it for Atletico Paranaense. Uh, I believe he made it to, was it a Libertadores final? But he made it to a continental final. Uh, and he's done some very good things in the Brasilia Rao. Now we just need to see whether or not he can do it for one of the world's ridiculous brands, one of the most pressure cooker situations you can have for a young Brazilian. But listen, Real Madrid has Vinicius Jr. Real Madrid has Rodrigo. Real Madrid now has Endrick. Vitor Roca needs to be Barcelona's Endrick, or better, if they want to compete from here on out. He's only 18th because, yes, he scored two goals in his last two games, and that's Great. He also got a red card, really soft red card. But Vitor Roque needs to hit the ground running and then some. Um, so 18th for now. Um, there's no question as to his talent, but as to his actual CV, uh, it is still being developed and one that I'm going to watch highly. My 17th pick is a player that is highly intelligent in my view. It's Rico Lewis, already instrumental for Man City with Pep Guardiola and has been called for England in the past. I believe he'll be going to the Euro 2024 too. And I love so many players on this list, I'm saying that. But going back to Rico, he's a leader already. No, he's mature already. Not a leader at Man City still, but he's getting towards that stages. Rico Lewis, Phil Foden, I believe there'll be two players that will be staying throughout their careers at Man City. 17, another Manchester United. This one a striker. The striker that actually wants to score goals for Manchester United. This is not Voot Veghorst. This is Rasmus Winter Hoyland. And boy, oh boy, is he on fire for United as of late. Just turned 21, decided to give himself a birthday present, scored some goals. Uh, he's got United winning a few games. He's got people thinking about the future and how bright it might be at Manchester United. And here's your reminder that Rasmus Winter Hoyland is why every large club out there should be looking at whoever Sturm Graz signs next in the Austrian Bundesliga because Rasmus Winterhoyland was one of many hits uh, that they have had at the striker position. Hoyland has shown that he can learn. He has shown that he can grow into a tough, tough league like the Premier League coming from the Austrian Bundesliga. Um, or I'm sorry, coming from Serie A at Atalanta. But it's still a small sample size. And I think it's only going to get better for Rasmus Winterhoyland. And it's not even the goals for me. It's the things that he does off the ball. It's the way he uses his physicality, the way he uses his speed. Um, he's faster than Holland. He's not stronger than Holland, but he is a guy that might be able in the future to give Erling Holland, if he stays in the Premier League, a run for his goal scored money. And we will see if that comes to pass. Why 17th, you say? Because it only just started cooking for him in the Premier League. Only just started. I don't think it's where he stops. But it's only where he just started. So 17th, Rasmus Winterhoyland. And just fun little fact, if you have not gotten out from under a rock, 
you might, might get a little reminder here that he has two 19-year-old twin brothers that currently play for Copenhagen in the Danish Superliga. One plays in midfield, the other plays, you got it, his position. And I don't know if they have the exact um, skill set that he had at 19 years old. Somebody might be able to tell that to us in the comments section. But from what I hear, they're pretty dang talented. Um, wouldn't it be great one day, if not for Manchester United, if Rasmus Vinterhoyland gets to play with, I believe it's Oscar and Emil, in the Danish setup. But that's another place you're going to want to watch Rasmus Vinterhoyland. What will he and Denmark do? What can he do for them in a major competition? He's done it in qualifying, but what can he do in the 2024 Euros in Germany. My 16th pick, the first Portugueseman in this video. <laughs> I refer to Rodrigo Martin Giovanni Kent at the start, but Antonio Silva. He's a deserving player to be in the top 30 list. Antonio Silva is one of the best young center backs in the world. And yes, I'm putting him ahead of Lenny Oro, Scalvini, Diamande. He's the 16th for a reason. Already a leader towards Benfica, winning a league title last season, he replaced Jan Vertogen. Vertogen, that is a Tottenham legend, okay? So he left to Belgium, and he stayed, Antonio Silva, with all due respect to Roger Schmidt for doing a hard decision. And Antonio is key for Portugal. Number 16 for me, we got to go to the other side of Manchester, the blue side, the winning side these days. Jeremy Doku, uh, a player that we've actually gotten the chance to... FC Wonder Kid has grown up as Jeremy Doku has grown up. I've gotten to interview him. Uh, I, we've gotten to talk to him. I mean, he's nothing if not a uh, straightforward, uh, wants to work his tail off uh, type of player. And that is the complete opposite type of player that he is on the actual pitch. He's explosive. Uh, you can't figure out what he's going to do. Uh, he's strong, obviously low center of gravity. He's fast. The only thing that may have hindered his development, even in the slightest bit, is injuries. And guess what? At Manchester City, he has not been injured. And at Manchester City, he's already he's already made some history. He's become only the ninth player in the league's history to go for a poker of assists in a Premier League game. That is saying something. Now, he's not higher on this list for me at 16th. It's not higher because it's a small sample size, one, and I believe that a lot of his ability to hit the ground running has also come with the quality of side around him. Just imagine with Erling Haaland or Kevin De Bruyne on the pitch with you, you're going to have a lot of time and space whether you like it or not. Even as a one-on-one -on -one specialist, even as somebody that likes to cut inside and cause chaos, um, Jeremy Doku in any other side that doesn't have these offensive weapons uh, would not get this, or would not get this time and space. Manchester City uh, essentially grooms that out of him, and that's a good thing for him long term. It's whether or not he can deliver it consistently, decides whether or not he moves beyond the top 16, top 15 here. But Jeremy Doku is a, a flipping force to watch for Manchester City uh, moving forward, especially now that De Bruyne is back and now that Erling Holland is back. Something tells me production is going to go straight up. Um, also got to watch for him this summer with Johan Bakayoko on one side, previously mentioned up at the top of this list, uh, and Jeremy Doku on the, the left side. Uh, Belgium is going to have uh, two of the most ridiculous wingers, most explosive and exciting wingers at the upcoming Euros in Germany.
My 15th pick is Alejandro Balde. He's already a starter at left back for Barca. That says it all, okay? He's young, he's the future of Spain, and I have five Barca players on this list, and Alejandro Balde is a must. Once again, the future of Barca is the future of Spain too. So, rate Alejandro Balde, because injuries are taking a toll on him, but you gotta respect the quality and believe. Number 15 is Levi Colville, 20 years old. Um, next to Cole Palmer, probably Chelsea's second brightest spot in what has been a relatively bumpy so far dismal season um but listen he's become absolutely indispensable to Mauricio Pochettino he'll become absolutely indispensable even if Pochettino goes which it doesn't seem like he will um my sample size for him not just comes from his loan to Huddersfield or to Brighton before this uh it comes a lot from the U21 Euros and what England was able to do uh, with the defensive cohesion between James Trafford at goalkeeper, Levi Colville, and Taylor Harwood-Bellis. Um, calm on the ball. He's mature beyond his years. Uh, he can play, obviously, on the left. He can play in the cent centrally. I'm sure he can play in midfield if he absolutely needs to. It absolutely baffles me that there was ever a chance that Chelsea were going to let him go and let him develop elsewhere, even if they got paid, it would be something that they would be reckoning for years to come. Levi Colwell is probably the the best young defensive prospect in England's setup, um, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Uh, so number 15 for me is Levi Colwell. My 14th pick is another Spanish player, Nico Williams. This is a player that he plays with his brother, Inaki Williams, and already has so many assists in La Liga. Another electrifying player that, look, if he goes to Barca one day, I'd love that to happen. But 14th pick, Nico Williams, he must be on this list. Number 14, we're going to stay within the Chelsea setup. We are, we've got to talk about the revelation of double-digit scoring in the Premier League, Cole Palmer, or Cold Palmer, as his teammates apparently like to call him. Cole Palmer has 21 goal involvements in all competitions for not just Chelsea, but also Manchester City. It's only been six months since he scored the UEFA Super Cup goal uh, before he then secured a move from Manchester City to Chelsea. And it's one of the ones that you look at, and I know Pep Guardiola has his reasons to let players go, but he's one of the ones you look at and you say, might Pep grow to actually regret that? Even if he did regret it, he's probably never going to tell us. But listen, we all know Cole Palmer needed one thing and one thing only. It was room. It was room to play. It was room to grow. It was room to make mistakes. Cole Palmer at Chelsea is doing just that. And if Chelsea's for fortune is to turn around in the future, it's not going to be in spite of. It's going to be because of Cole Palmer, right? We know this. It's just a matter of when. Until then, he could wind up scoring 15 to 17. Hell, he could get up to 20 uh, goals this season in the Premier League for Cole Palmer. Going to be one that I'm very, very excited to watch. I think more of us are trying to figure out whether or not he will play a relatively significant role for Southgate's setup. Um, don't be a coward, Southgate. Bring Cole Palmer to Germany uh, and bring him in off the bench. I think you'll be pleased with what you get from him. 13th, I have Alejandro Garnacho and I have Rasmus Winterhoyland. 
Rasmus Winterhorland is the youngest player in Man United history to score in four consecutive Premier League games. He's got a ton of talent, and for Denmark, he's the striker, okay? He's the striker! And feed the beast, please. Rasmus Winterhorland, Alejandro Garnacho, and another snub on this list. Man United fans are going to hate me. Kobe Maino. I don't have him in the top 30 list, but going back with Hoyland, he must be here, and he's one of the best young strikers in the world. Number 13, and one that I would like to say I've seen him play in person. And I know Alex has too, because he was there with me. It was Antonio Silva for Benfica. Antonio Silva, the UEFA Youth League title winner, followed up then by a Liga Portugal title winner. Uh, he's got seven caps for Portugal, all at the age of 20. And the only thing I have to say is that Antonio Silva needs to level up at some point. Not that Benfica couldn't have gone further in the Champions League this season. Not that they can't go on to win the Europa League. But I think all of us are, are chomping at the bit to know who is going to actually pry Antonio Silva away from Benfica. He's already got 75 appearances. And considering the strength of Benfica's defense over the last five years or so, the fact that he broke his way into um, a Benfica defense like that uh, is is absolutely a testament to not just his current ability, but obviously the potential that he possesses. Um, right up there next to Diamande in terms of his potential, um, and one that uh, I, I don't think this is hyperbole, but he's got all the tools to become one of the best defenders in the world, much like a certain Ruben Diaz previous to him. Uh, so his biggest test so far in a Portugal shirt has been that World Cup loss to South Korea. Uh, but in that game, he became, I believe, the youngest player to play or to start for the Portuguese in the World Cup. Uh, that will probably be broken at some point, maybe by João Neves, but we'll get to him. Uh, so I am excited to see where Antonio Silva goes. I'm excited to see what happens next for him. Uh, but once again, the only reason he's not higher in this is because You'll see. You'll see. So 13 for Antonio Silva at Benfica. My 12th pick is a player that is going to Real Madrid next season when he turns 18. Do you know the player? Giving you the chance to comment. The player is Hendrik, okay? The future Brazil 2. Being selected for Brazil at 17, that speaks levels. And I think he's the youngest since Ronaldo Nazario to be select selected at such a young age. But yes, Hendrik, I expect to have an immediate impact at Real Madrid. Not like Jude Bellingham, because <laughs> Jude Bellingham is going so bold, equaling like Christian Ronaldo numbers. But Hendrik, expect big things. Big talent. Number 12 is Nico Williams, Athletic Bill Bow. And um, I'm not going to pick a favorite between the Williams brothers. Uh, but it's one of the greatest stories in La Liga next to Hirona. Uh, Nico Williams has Bill Bow. Um, giant killing at times. Uh, really annoying the heck out of some of the bigger teams in La Liga. And Nico Williams is very, very simply put going to find his way to the Premier League this season. I know Alex on a, on a few of our past podcasts has been saying, oh, I really love for, for Barcelona to nab him, to bring him in. Uh, but 15 goal involvements in 24 games this season. It's very much a breakout season for him. Um, but 
He's already got over well north of 100 total appearances for Bilbao. He's got 34 goal involvements, but the majority of that has happened in this season and this season alone. It's really interesting then that he was picked up, obviously, by the Spanish national team. The quality is seen. He has been ingratiated into it. He's been ushered in. And Nico Williams will play a very large role in whatever success Spain might have, even a Gavi-less Spain, in the Euros this summer. Uh, but Nico Williams, uh, aside from some adductor issues he's having right now, is has been one of the most electrifying players in La Liga this season. And that's not even with slapping a U21 or a U23 label on him. He has been one of the most electrifying players in La Liga this season. And long may that continue. Spurs like him. Chelsea likes him. Arsenal likes him. Not exactly a shocker. Who gets him? You tell me. 11th. I think he's better right now than Hendrik playing-wise, but the talents of Hendrik I consider superior. If you know who I'm meaning, it's a big debate between the both, it's Vitor Hock. Vitor Hock is my 11th pick this season in the top under 21, top 30 under 21 list. He scored two goals in 133 minutes for Barcelona. Unfortunately, he got a red card, not because he wants to go to the Carnaval, but in terms of talent, he's very physically, he's physically strong, he's got great pace, he's got good finishing, good instincts too, but he still needs to know how to play in that Barca mold. It takes time. He needs to adapt. He's not a La Masia grown player, but expect big things too. Just like Hendrik at Real, Vitor Hock at Barca too. Number 11 is uh, Ant-Man. No, I'm not going to call him Ant-Man. It's Jao Neves. It is the, the pit bull, the bulldog, the whatever you want to call him that somehow combines his size and his tenacity for Benfica. Um, I don't think he's put a bad foot forward this season for Benfica. And the 10 above him are just killing it maybe at a higher competitive level on a regular basis from a league perspective. Uh, but the fact that I have him at 11th um, in such a star-studded field here of U21, uh, not prospects, U21 verifiable stars is just absolutely insane. Um, once he takes that next level... I just, it's what can he add to his his stable, right? Can he add goal scoring? Maybe, I don't know. Could he become a Jude Bellingham type of situation in that? Uh, but he's basically this veteran of consistency and he's not even 20. And that's just in and of itself, absolutely insane. He's unpressable. Uh, and he does the pressing. Uh, he is he can get out of tight situations. Uh, great, obviously, with ball control. Great with passing. Great with his vision. Um, Zhao Neves is the real deal. I, you don't need to hear it from me. If you want to, I don't know where Alex has him in this list, but my guess is it's pretty dang high. So Zhao Neves uh, deserves to be up here. Um, again, as I've said this previously, with Savio, with Nico Williams, with Antonio Silva... What his next step is going to be is going to decide how good he will become. But I'm going to say it right now. Will he be the starter for Portugal in, at Euro 2024? And that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, they're too stocked in that mid of the park. So we will see Zhao Neves. Um, I, my guess is he'll be top five at some point in this list. Uh, but he's got years to do that. Zhao Neves, Benfica, number 11. My 10th pick is the best 
under 21 Portuguese players. And this shows that I'm not biased. I'm putting him 10th, not 1st, not 2nd, not 3rd in the top under 21 list. Some Benfica fans might put him 1st. Do you know who I'm referring to? It's João Neves, a player that is very mature, very professional. And you know why he plays so well for Benfica? Because he absolutely feels the club. Top under 21 midfielder to watch. And it will be difficult for Benfica to keep him for next season. Defensive mid, non-stop player, an engine completely. And for me, the best player of Benfica this season. João Neves. Come on, this is the top 10 list part. If you didn't comment, when are you going to comment? Because these are the names that you must know. Number 10 is Endrick. Or as Alex like to say, he says Hendrick, I think. Uh, I believe it's Endrick here. But Endrick, right? Palmerish now at Real Madrid, now under the, um, the not guys, but under the tutelage of a Carlo Ancelotti. Um, and probably one of the big reasons why Carlo Ancelotti actually stuck around. Um, I mean, he's basically, uh, basically the manager of half of Brazil at the moment, even if he did not actually take the Brazilian position. Um, but Endrick, back to him. At his young age, he got hot when it was needed most for Palmeiras to chase down Botafogo, to chase down Gremio, and win the Brasilia Rao for a second season in a row. And while he was a spectator a little bit for the first one, he was anything but that for the second one. Uh, he had six goals in, I believe, their last eight games. And uh, in, they had one loss, I believe, in their last 11 games for them to go on and lift the title again. He's the fourth youngest ever to debut for Brazil, which is saying something, considering how many ridiculous stars have gone through the, uh, the Brazilian national team. Um, and he's now at 17 at Brazil and uh, looking to form a ridiculous <laughs> attacking threat, an all-Brazilian attacking threat, if Ancelotti allows it, uh, with Vinicius Jr., with Rodrigo, with Endrick, with Jude Bellingham behind him, with, I, I mean, it, it, we can go on and on here. Um, but things just go they are going to get spicy. They're going to get interesting if Endrick then has to figure out a way to continue his development if Kylian Mbappe actually does wear a Real Madrid shirt. So that is that is a interesting wrinkle in the whole developmental situation for Endrick. Um, but the biggest thing I love about Endrick um, has got to be his off-the-ball movement. And I don't mean to get open. I mean his defensive awareness. I mean his defensive uh, determination. His ability to say... Uh, the only way I'm going to be able to score a goal is if I get the goal, get the ball, right? Uh, that is something you saw time and time again with him, even at the beginning of the last Brasilia Rouse season, where he was not hitting the back of the net. And that is going to be absolutely huge as he grows, as he maybe gets more fame, as he gets more excitement around his name, although it's hard to believe any more excitement could surround his name at this moment. Um, but if he never loses that, Brazil obviously has the making of a generational uh addition uh to uh, maybe a side maybe a brazilian side that could lift a 2026 world cup trophy but we will hopefully see endrick at the copa america right here in the states this coming summer all right so endrick number 10 real madrid ninth is a player that i fully expect to start for france real soon and he's 17 right now 17 Warren Zaire Emery. The future of PSG right now is him. 
when Mbappé leaves, he's going to be holding so much responsibility with Xavi Simmons too. I'm excited for this future PSG. Xavi Simmons with Ugart and with Awaren Zahir Emery. Very talented player. And please watch the tape of Awaren Zahir Emery against Dortmund in the Champions League this season. The youngest in charge completely. Number nine might be a little bit surprising considering Endrick was above this, but I had to put Xavi Simmons at number nine. RB Leipzig, uh, PSG in the future. Uh, he has proven people wrong time and time again. I'll be honest. I was, I was, I don't know, worried for him, even just moving to PSV. Uh, I mean, sure, he did well in the UEFA, the UEFA Youth League, but I didn't expect him to be a co-golden boot winner for PSV Eindhoven with 19 goals last season for them. And then he has not missed a step at all. Um, building a little bit of rapport with Lois Openda, with Benjamin Sesco, with Donny Olmo, who's back. Uh, Xavi Simmons has 50 goal involvements in 76 matches for PSV, for RB Leipzig together so far since his professional career has essentially started. I, I, I don't know what else you want me to say. All I can say is that PSG will be stacked in the near future if they can convince him that he is a major major part moving forward of whatever they've got. Uh, but right now, he's killing it in the Bundesliga, uh, and I don't see that ending anytime soon, and I have a feeling that he is going to be a key piece of a big Euro 2024 tournament for the Netherlands this coming summer. My eighth pick is my Belgium top player, is Jeremy Doku. What a decision it was by Man City, replacing Riyad Mahrez with Jeremy Doku, an electrifying player that right now, right now in my books, starts <laughs> ahead of Jack Grealish. And if he's starting ahead of a player that was very important towards City getting a Champions League, that means a lot. Bjorn Bakayoko on one side, like I said previously in this video, and it's Jeremy Doku on the other. The best Belgium talent under 21 in my view. Number eight is WZE. Warren, Zaire, Emery for PSG. We talked about Xavi Simons above him, but Warren, Zaire, Emery isn't going anywhere. He will, he's one of those that I could see being in a PSG shirt for the next at least five years because he's so dang young. At 17, he came through. And considering just... Think about how much PSG has spent on their roster over the years. Even in these Luis Enrique years, even previous to that, um, I know they're moving away from their star-centric side of things, but Warren Zaire Emery, amidst all of that, said, put me in, coach, and he has not relented. He has not stepped down. He has played in multiple roles for PSG, and he has been nothing but good for them. So Warren Zaire Emery also became the uh, youngest ever to debut for Les Bleus. And as we mentioned uh, previously with Endrick being the fourth youngest for Brazil, uh, for Zaire Emery to do that with the last 20, 25 years of French football being Brazil-like, it's insanely impressive. The world is his oyster, essentially. Now, the only downside is Warren, Zira, Warren Zaire Emery is not a goal scorer. He's not somebody that people are necessarily going to be putting on their walls. That, believe it or not, is a wonderful thing for his development. So long may it continue, but for him to be at eight in a DM type of position is uh, pretty, pretty ridiculous. Uh, so Warren Zaire Emery, number eight. You know, by the way, if I didn't, haven't said it yet, I mean, very clearly he's the best young player in Ligon. I don't know if that's even 
debatable at this moment. Seventh player, Gamavinga. I'm not a good singer, but I am ho I, I'm good picking Wonder Kids, and Gamavinga must be in my top set seven list of under 21 players. Galactico, choice by Florentino Perez to get a Galactico. To get a Galactico like Eduardo Camavinga. Stadren sold him for 30 million and now is perceived as a bargain because he played at left back <laughs> when Bezema played as extraordinary Champions League. Okay, that was that was history in full display. Not last season, the other season. Camavinga at left back. Never forget. But let's hope to see him more at midfield. Seventh, Camavinga. Number seven is Lamine Yamal. Why do you say? Lamine Yamal. I mean, we have to say Lamine Yamal, okay? Uh, I have worries. I have said, you've heard me on podcasts previous to this, I have worries that Lamine Yamal will be uh, beaten down physically like Gavi has been, like Pedri has been, like Alejandro Balde has been. But if you take that worry aside, you can see it. He oozes not just potential, but he oozes creativity. He dribbles, uh, I don't know, like a Brazilian. Uh, he is absolutely uh, mouth-watering to watch. And next to Zaire Emery, I believe he's the purest combination of current-level play, high current-level play, and just astronomically high potential. Um, and a lot of that is, a lot of the reason why Xavi can't get away from him is because he's such a difference maker. He can't keep him on the bench that often because he does things nobody else in this Barcelona side can do. And at his age, 16, soon to be 17, I believe. Um, the fact that he's doing it now only bodes well for the future. It's just whether or not they play him into an absolute conundrum to where he actually physically breaks down. Because he has not physically yet caught up with the competi competition. But listen, just, just a quick example of how good he is. He has the highest dribble completion percentage out of anyone. Anyone in the top five leagues in Europe. No age category. Uh, think of all the dribblers, if you can, that we're talking about. Um, but on top of that, he leads La Liga in hitting the woodwork four times. He is high up there in big chances created. And um, I, I don't even know, you know, he, he can't even drive a car here in the States. So it's really impressive what La Mina Mall has done. I just hope that we baby step the heck out of him and we protect him at all costs. Number seven, Lamine Yamal. My sixth choice is Xavi Simmons, a player that made a bold choice, but the right choice when he went on loan to PSV. Now he was signed to, he was signed to PSG for $6.5 Bargain deal. Bargain deal! Because, yes, he was at the PSG Academy. I even remember watching him in the Youth League, but the comeback is unreal. PSV and now at RB Leipzig, one of the best players in the Bundesliga. And he's under 21. I'm fully hyped to watch him in the era of 2024. I told you, so many players are going to this year of 2024. So, Xavi Simmons, my sixth pick. Number six is Gavi from Barcelona. Now, this might be him getting unfairly penalized for being injured currently at the moment. Uh, but basically, the man is everywhere. The man is absolutely everywhere. And a little bit like Zhao Neves, he, he, he does it with uh, the ability to cover space in a very quick amount of time. He does it with proper positioning. It uh, positioning. He does it with um, great tackling ability. He does it with an aggression 
that you don't see very often. I mean, it's Gennaro Gattuso-like aggression with Gavi and Zhao Neves. Now, Gavi also possesses elite technical ability, also possesses the ability to split, have a line-splitting pass. Uh, he also possesses the ability to lead a team into the future, like a Pedri, like what Barcelona needs moving forward. It's only been two and a half years since Gavi was handed his debut. Um, Gavi is one of those, along with Pedri, that I could see leading a Barcelona for 10, 10 years plus. They could be the next iteration of an Iniesta, right? Of a Xavi, of a Busquets moving a Barcelona forward. It's just a further understanding that you should continue to trust the academy, but you should not use the academy solely as a crutch. Um, and that's the only downside I have to say about this. Gavi, get back. The only thing I'm angry about is that Gavi at number six is not fighting his way as a previous golden boy, uh, not fighting his way to the top with Spain at Euro 2024. Um, and I, I'll be really interested to see how, it, how Gavi's absence actually affects that Spanish national team. My fifth pick is Florian Wirtz. He has to be in the top five. If Bayer Leverkusen are unbeaten until now, it's 100% with a fully big impact of Florian Wirtz this season. One of the best creative midfielders in the world playing right now. He can assist anyone this pan. And if Germany are going to surprise people, not surprise, they're playing in home turf. But if Germany are going bold with Nagelsmann, it's with Florian Wirtz having a tremendously good tournament. But please, if you haven't watched Leverkusen with Xabi Alonso this season with Wirtz, please do. Number five. Now, I am giving him credit for the adversity that he has gone through. And that is why Florian Wirtz is number five. Bayer Leverkusen is one of the most electrifying teams to watch right now. They have one of the most electrifying managers in Xabi Alonso. And they have uh, a ridiculous core that if they can keep them together, they could. They could. They could keep Bayern from lifting or pouring beer all over themselves or, or lifting the actual Bundesliga title for a 12th year running. Uh, and let's be honest, a lot of us have Bayern fatigue, so we hope that it happens. But listen, Florian Wirtz is only a year or so out from tearing his ACL. There is not a club on this planet a year in, six months beyond his recovery, that, want, that do not want to sign this man. Okay, Florian Wirtz has 13 goals, 23 assists, and 43 starts since his injury. And up until, we're, we're filming this before Bayern and Bayer Leverkusen have played each other, but up until today, Bayer Leverkusen have 30 games unbeaten, and that does not happen without Florian Wirtz in Xabi Alonso's setup. Top of the table in the Bundesliga, and while Xabi Alonso has built this team to play to Florian Wirtz's strengths, it is not a team that is solely dependent on a Florian Wirtz. And that is what I love about Wirtz's setup. It's why I almost want him to stay uh, one more year at Leverkusen after this. But I'm going to tell you, that is not happening. There is no way it's happening. It's crazy to think that Florian Wirtz, a year after tearing his ACL, or coming back from tearing his ACL, will likely command a 100 million plus euro transfer fee. No doubt in my mind. He's a 100 million dollar midfielder, for sure. So, number five for me is Florian Wirtz. And it makes sense I put Wirtz in fifth. I gotta put it fourth 
Jamal Musiala. He's already won a Champions League and he was important towards winning that Champions League. The best player of Germany in the last World Cup and the future of Bayern Munich. They must keep a player like him. Pavlovich, another snob on this list, but another player that I'm dying to see these future years with Jamal Musiala. Electrifying, can play at offensive mid, can play at the winger. And he could have picked England, but he picked Germany. And that's the Deichmannschaft. Are they going to go bold? Let me know down below. Number four is the buttery dribbler himself, Jamal Musiala. Uh, and we actually posted a poll online recently. Who is the better dribbler? Jamal Musiala, Jeremy Doku, or Lamine Yamal? Jamal Musiala, I believe, is currently winning, and we're about a day into it with over 3,000 votes. So go check it out on FB Wonder Kids. But Jamal Musiala, we know what he brings to the table. We know that he brings an absolute... Um, uh, ri ridiculous ability to playmake uh, in a Bayern side that does actually need it from time to time. Um, Jamal Musiala was absolutely huge in their comeback title win, 11th straight win for Bayern last season. He's already got seven goals, three assists this season. Um, and some might even say they've been underwhelmed with his influence at Bayern this season. But there is no doubt he's one of the best dribblers, not young dribblers, one of the best dribblers uh, in the world at this moment, uh, and he is of growing importance not just to Bayern, that's already been established, but to Germany as well. Germany, the only reason anyone had one inkling of a silver lining coming out of that World Cup performance was Jamal Musiala, and listen, at, at his age, almost 21, he's already got over 150 appearances, or close to 150 appearances for a big team like Bayern Munich, um, 64 goal involvements. And what makes that even more interesting is that over half of those appearances for Bayern Munich were not starts early on. He very much was a super sub, super sub to start. 64 goal involvements in 84 starts for Bayern. And when you look at the, how good they've been within the group stages of the Champions League, um, it's the next step. Where's it going to be? Is it at Bayern Munich? Is it taking Bayern Munich to a Champions League title? Um, we'll all have to figure it out. But a big test is on the horizon, not just for Jamal, but also for Florian Wirtz above him. Can these two uh, insane German talents take Germany to a very respectable position at the upcoming, as the upcoming hosts of the 2024 Euros? Um, we'll see. We'll see with that. My third pick. The best player of Barca this season? That's a very bold statement. But it might be for some people. Reasonably so. Gavi. Gavi. The engine of Xavi, in my view. When Gavi got injured, Barca started to play a fully different Barca. Okay? Gavi. I remember watching him at 17. Winning. Winning the game for Spain against Portugal in the Nations League. So if you haven't watched Gavi play, he's everywhere on the pitch. He's technically gifted. A La Masia player, okay? He passes the ball extremely well. Very intelligent. One of the best players I've seen. Not seen, but one of the best players I've definitely seen in the, in the last 10 years. Playing at Barca in high intensity with a lot of motivation and dedication. He gives it all. So, Gavi, I got to put him in the top three, the future of Spain. All right, we're getting to the end. We are in the top three. We've got, in third place for me, is Eduardo Camavinga. And to be honest, I kind of wanted to put him second, but I couldn't do that. Eduardo Camavinga is an absolute unit. We know this. Uh, I value 
his versatility probably more than anyone, maybe more than Alex. I don't know. We'll see how high Alex has him. But as an absolute unit, we have already seen that for Real Madrid, under a world-class manager like Carlo Ancelotti, he can play any role that Ancelotti necessitates. And he can do it at a world-class level. Now, with that said, I absolutely love seeing Eduardo Camavinga actually get to line up in the midfield. Now, we've already talked about Stad Rene. We've talked about their youth academy previously with Matisse Tell. Well, that's where Camavinga came from as well. Uh, if for some reason you don't remember that, uh, it's because he wasn't there long enough. Uh, now, he was there long enough, but he was there long enough for Real Madrid to do the right thing, spend the money, bring him in. But along with Camavinga, uh, along with Chouameni, along with Endrick and Vinicius and Bellingham, along with Arta Guler, Real Madrid is just absolutely stacked for the future. They are already doing a great job at figuring out how to phase out the influence of the guys that made them a winning club uh, for the decade prior to this. But the decade beyond this, especially if they land Achilles Mbappe, is scary. Absolutely scary. But Kamavinga, you could argue that Kamavinga will be one of the most important players of Real Madrid's future, right? And that... I think, uh, is a testament to his ability, to his versatility, uh, and he's only going to get better. So Eduardo Camavinga, to me, is third. My second pick. I got to put him here. Another player that is the future of Spain. And yes, I'm putting him ahead of Gavi. Ahead of Gavi right now. It's Pedri. Pedri is unreal. He controls the tempo of Barca. And I'll never forget watching Pedri and Messi dominate when they play together. Pedri was one of the best buys I've seen from Las Palmas to Barca. That's a bargain. That's a transfer that is going to go down in history. Remember, remember that I'm saying it was like five million for Las Palmas. Well, Fede Valverde was bold too, from Peñarol to Real Madrid. But yes, Pedri is my second pick because Pedri is already one of the main players of Barca and the Spanish national team. The youngest, the best young player of the last Euros. Let's see in this one, too. And he's still under 21. Number two is the midfield general for Barcelona. Even when he plays bad, he's world-class. Uh, Pedri for Barcelona. Or Pedri is Barcelona, I would say, at the moment. Gavi was getting up there in terms of influence, but there is no doubt that when Pedri is healthy, when Pedri is feeling good, um, he is one of the best young players, if not one of the best midfielders on the planet. Um, and I guess 128 appearances in a Barcelona shirt, uh, doing what he did for Spain, whether it was at the Olympics, whether it was um, in the many competitions that he has played, uh, you can very much tell that this man leads by example, that he leads by always trying to be on the pitch, to be, to be center, to deliver that world-class influence on the game. Um, but it is also an Achilles heel for him. He has missed 11 games already this season. Uh, he's missed, he missed 15 or so last year, and that is a concerning sign for Pedri. But obviously, the fact that we have him listed at second, you know when he's on uh, and he's back, Pedri is one of the best on the planet, let alone one of the best U21 players. And obviously, if it weren't for the insane start of our number one, into his La Liga career, Pedri would probably be number one here. Um, but Pedri will have to lead a Gavi-less Spain 
in the upcoming Euros. And I have a feeling that if he's given enough time to recuperate, uh, I, I think you're going to see this Barcelona um, come down from last year's big La Liga win as actually a good thing for Pedri and his health uh, moving into the offseason, the Euros, and Barcelona's probably supercharged next season as they get ready to try and win La Liga uh, next season. But Pedri has the ability to become Iniesta for Barcelona. I don't think that that's hyperbole. I know that there's a lot of work that needs to get done there, um, but he came over from Las Palmas. He is not necessarily a La Masia product, but my goodness, um, he exudes uh, everything that La Masia uh, builds in their players, even if he was Las Palmas previously to this. So, Pedri at number two, um, I, I think he will be a Barcelona legend when all is said and done. Tell me if you disagree. And my first pick, people, if you know, you know. If you don't know who my first pick, you don't know ball. You officially don't know ball. If you know didn't comment, that's saying to me that you don't know ball because that's the only evidence I can see that you knew the answer before I said it. I'm going to give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Okay, one more. <laughs> my first pick is Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham, 18 goals this season. He's a midfielder. Real Madrid didn't sign another striker because Jude Bellingham exists. Jude Bellingham has played in the championship, in the Bundesliga, and now at La Liga. When Vini was injured, no doubt he was the best player in La Liga and Real Madrid. Griezmann versus Jude Bellingham was a thing and still is a thing, okay? Jude Bellingham, 27 international appearance for England too. But come on, is he your first pick, people? And big snubs, I didn't put Noon Minge because Noon Minge has been injured the majority of the season, okay? So that's the justification. I would have put him if he was playing, okay? Jan Kotu, that's a huge snub for what he's doing for Girona with so many assists. I think it's six assists at least right now in La Liga. Number one, I don't think that this is a shock in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he is the flipping Ballon d'Or favorite at the moment. It has to be Real Madrid's... England's Jude Bellingham. Um, listen, Ancelotti is shaping a tactic around Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham has rewarded Ancelotti for that with 14 goals. And I think it's like three assists. He's a 20-year-old Englishman um, that is hell-bent on winning his first league title. He is hell-bent on very likely becoming the best Englishman to ever play in La Liga. And uh, that's something I think he's going to safely achieve uh, over time. But 14 goals in 20 La Liga games, uh, they are probably one of the favorites to lift the Champions League title. He's got 18 goals, eight assists in 28 total competitions, uh, total appearances in all competitions this season. And seven of those have come in the Champions League. Um, we know what he has done. I mean, Birmingham retired his number when he only played with them as a 16-year-old, right? That might not be fully true, but 15, 16, 17. Then he moved to Dortmund, and he immediately assumed a leadership role for Borussia Dortmund. They won a cup. They weren't able to win a league. Okay. Well, he is, as I mentioned, hell-bent on winning things with Real Madrid. Um, and next to Kamavinga, he is the most important player for Real Madrid 
and their next 10 years or their ambition to become another dynasty. Um, he has already almost half or more than half of his goal involvements total. Or, or I'm sorry, his goal involvements at Dortmund. He already has them in one season at Real Madrid. One season at Real Madrid. Not only that, he exudes himself with confidence, respect. Um, his off-the-field persona is every bit as uh, impressive as his on-field um, ability. And that is something that I hope does not go down. I mean, this is a guy that you could see being a stud for years and years to come, leading England to a very major trophy in the future, um, and probably even hanging up the boots and becoming a ridiculous manager uh, when all is said and done, because that's how much he loves the game. Jude Bellingham, um, I have a feeling he's going to get his first league trophy this year, and I have a feeling that that is not the last. Uh, that Jude Belling. So I'd be very surprised if Alex does not have Jude at number one, um, but Jude Bellingham, number one. So there it is. The top 30 U21 talents on the planet right now, uh, according to Alex and Breton at FC Wonder Kid. Uh, you let us know down below with a few likes, if you don't mind, with a whole lot of comments. I don't care if they're positive. I don't care if they're negative. But let us know who you'd have in your top 30. Let us know who the absolute snub was. Let us know if we got our top five absolutely wrong. Or let us know who you think is definitely going to be in it this upcoming season because 2024 just started. But until then, thank you for tuning in. Please hit, hit us up with a like or a comment or a message. And uh, as always, go bold. And thank you for tuning in to FC Wonderkid.